eight, ten, maybe twelve stops to make in the Scripture. We've been studying since late summer the names and titles of Jesus Christ found in the pages of the Holy Bible. We are up to the letter G, and under that letter G, Jesus is called, in Scripture, He's called Glorious Lord, Good Master, Governor, Great High Priest, and just greater. Just plain greater, and He is. He's greater than... Sorry, we're adjusting here. He's, he's greater than anything you want to put behind that word greater. But tonight, Jesus is called, in the Bible, Jesus is called God. He is God. There's only one God. There's only one God. But Jesus Christ is called God. Now, we believe He is. We believe that, that, that in the Bible that there's one God. The Father, the Word, the Holy Ghost, and these three are one. That one God was manifest in the flesh, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. But He's God in all His glory. We'll see that tonight. He's declared to be God by the Father, by the Holy Spirit, by Himself, by believers, and by the Scripture. There's a multitude of witnesses to testify that Jesus Christ is God, and we want to look at those together this evening. By the way, I don't make many political comments, and this is not a political comment. But I don't know if you noticed this week, this is the some, some particular anniversary of the Gettysburg Address. And a number of prominent people were asked to participate in a documentary film about the Gettysburg Address. And this filmmaker, uh, Burns is his name, he's done a lot of documentary films, he had all of these different celebrities and former presidents and so forth read a part of the Gettysburg Address and clip them all together. Mr. Lincoln said that, that his hope for the future was that this nation under God would form a more perfect union. Your current president read that part of the speech and omitted the words under God. Not an accident, not a coincidence. And so we need to pray for our nation. That's not a political statement, that's a spiritual statement. Uh, that's not an accident, that's not an oversight. That's a deliberate, intentional uh, slight against the, the God of the Bible. But Jesus Christ is God. And a lot, of, a lot of people say they believe in God, but Jesus said, you believe in God, believe also in me. And we'll see why this evening. John chapter number 1, the Bible says in verse number 1, John 1 verse 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So, there is a God. He's called the Word. He created everything. didn't evolve. It didn't explode. It didn't accident. It didn't chance. It's made by God. God called, in, in these verses, the Word was God. All right, now look at verse number 14, same chapter. The, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld His glory, the glories of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Now, verse 1, the Word was God. Verses 2 and 3, the Word 
God is the Creator. Verse 14, God the Creator was made flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is, was, always will be God manifest in the flesh. That's what the Scripture says. Now, look at John chapter 11. John chapter number 11. John 11. And this is Lazarus in the tomb. And Jesus has come to the tomb to raise that man from the dead. Verse 39, Jesus said, Take ye away the stone. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, saith unto him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he hath been dead four days. Very practical comment, though it comes across as somewhat rude. Uh, Verse 40, Jesus saith unto her, Said I not unto thee, that if thou wouldest believe, thou shouldest see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where the dead was laid, and Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank thee that thou hast heard me, and I knew that thou hearest me always, but because of the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that thou hast sent me. And when he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes. Now the reason he said, Lazarus, come forth, Had he said, come forth, all the dead would have come up out of their graves. He specified Lazarus because at that point in time, he's the only one that he's raising from the dead. Now, we beheld his glory. That's what John chapter 1 said. What greater evidence that the glory of God is walking among you than his power over the one great enemy that we all have in common. We don't all face poverty, we don't all face disease, we don't all face, uh, you know, family troubles, but every one of us is looking death right in the face. That is the great enemy that we all have in common. Only God in His glory is greater than that, that enemy. Only God in His glory is of greater power than death. And Jesus said, roll the stone away, I'll show you the glory of God, and called that man out from the dead. He's God manifest in the flesh. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians, the fourth chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter number 4. And let's start reading at verse number 3. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. When somebody, when you show somebody in the Bible that Jesus Christ is the Savior, and they say, well, I just don't see that. They're testifying that they're lost. That's, that's not a knock on the Bible. It's a testament to their lack of understanding. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The glorious gospel of Christ would shine into a man's heart if he believed it. When he does not believe it, Satan, the god of this world, begins to provide him with objections and arguments and reasonings and so forth so that he can justify his unbelief. The devil didn't make him an unbeliever. When he chose in his heart to be an unbeliever, the devil took advantage of that and piled unbelief atop his unbelief. 
See that? It's, it's, not, that, it's not that, well, I, I would believe, but, but the devil won't let me. No, when you didn't believe, the God who would have filled your heart with truth politely stepped aside and watched as Satan filled your heart with lies and falsehoods. That's why it's very important, moms and dads, to teach your boys and girls the Bible and teach them about Jesus instead of, and I'm not, I'm not saying don't send them to school, I'm not against education, but if you're not going to fill their heart with Jesus and you're going to send them off to be taught five days a week that they're evolutionary animals and that there is no God and they're the, they're the chance accidents of science, Satan will get an advantage over them. If there's no belief in truth, belief in falsehood will be provided to fill the void. Fair enough. Now, so the Bible says, verse 5, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, that's Genesis 1, the creation, has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God, in the face of Jesus Christ. How could you ever behold the glory of the invisible God? How could you ever lay eyes upon God who is a spirit and behold Him in all His glory? One day God took upon Himself a face. That babe that's born in the manger, that is God manifest in the flesh. That babe grown up to manhood, the Lord Jesus Christ, that is God manifest in the flesh. And John 1 says, and 2 Corinthians 4 says, we beheld, we were able to see the glory of God. Where? In the face of Jesus Christ. He is God Almighty. Look at Hebrews chapter number 1. Now that's the declaration. Let's see what God the Father had to say, and then we'll see what God the Holy Spirit had to say. And, and see if their testimony agrees. Hebrews chapter number 1. Hebrews chapter 1. Let's start reading at verse number 1. Hebrews 1.1. 1, 1. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds who being the brightness of His glory and the express image of His person and upholding all things by the word of His power, when He had by Himself purged our sins, sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus by Himself paid for our sins. He doesn't need our baptism to help pay for them. He doesn't need our good works to help pay for them. By Himself He paid for our sins. When he did that, he sat down upon the right hand of the majesty on high. There he is enthroned beside his father. And so the Bible says in verse 4, "...being made so much better than the angels, as he hath by inheritance paid a more excellent name than they. For unto which of the angels said he at any time, Thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he bringeth the first begotten into the world, he saith, And let all the angels of God worship him." And of the angels, he saith, who maketh his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. So here's all of this that we've covered in previous lessons. He's the begotten one, chosen by the Father to be the Savior of the world. He's the firstborn, that is, he's the head of the entire race 
of those that are saved, those that have been redeemed. He is greater than the angels. They worship Him. It's forbidden to worship man. Thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and Him only. That's what the Bible says. And yet the Father says of the Son, worship Him. He must be God. You say, yes, but it's not clearly stated. You're just implying that. Verse 8. But unto the Son, He saith, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of Thy kingdom. Now look at verse 1. God. That's who we're talking about. We're talking about God. God who created all things, verse 2 and 3. God who sent His Son to be the Savior, verse 4 and 5. God who made declarations about angels and about worship. That God, the Father, turns to the Son sitting upon the right hand of His majesty and says, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. If the Father calls Jesus God, that's good enough for me. He's God. That's who He is. One Sunday morning in in this auditorium, right here where you're sitting, the Sunday school lesson was on Hebrews chapter number 1. There was a woman visiting that day. She's probably 50 years old, somewhere in there, and and a, a, a grown woman. And we met her before the service. She had been a couple of times previous, but had never told us that she was a Jehovah's Witness. And the Jehovah's Witnesses, as you know, do not believe that Jesus Christ is God. They believe He's just a man, a, a sinful man like everybody else. But, but He did enough good works to earn a place in the coming kingdom. And if you would do enough good works that maybe you too could earn a place in the coming kingdom. That's what the Jehovah's Witnesses believe. Well, she sat it, it, right back about where, um, about where Todd is. And, and as the lesson progressed and, and the teacher got to verse 8... And the father said to the son, Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. That woman stood up, stepped out into the aisle, and started walking forward. You think, oh, what's going to happen now? And she said, right out of the middle class, she said, If that's true, I'll trust him right now. And got on her knees in the middle of Sunday school, and somebody led her to the Lord. She, She got saved and became a Christian, and she's still living for Jesus to this day. Now, you know what happened? She just got exposed to the Bible. And the truth of the Word of God convinced her. Now, let me ask you something. Has the truth of the Word of God convinced you? Thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. We We don't blush. We don't hesitate. We don't apologize to call Jesus Christ God. That's who He is. The Creator of the heavens and the earth. The Almighty. The only one deserving of worship and of trust. Alright, Philippians chapter 2. Let's see if the Holy Spirit agrees. Philippians chapter number 2. Philippians chapter 2. And let's read starting at verse number 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. 
He wasn't made God. He was always God. He was made, God was made in the likeness of men. That's Jesus Christ. Now, if I, if I said tonight, I'm equal with God, that would be robbery. I would be taking something to myself that did not belong to me. It would belong to someone else. That's what robbery is. This belongs to you. I want it. I take it. It's mine. It's not yours. You stole it. It belongs to somebody else. When Jesus Christ claimed to be equal, at the absolute 100% equal of God Almighty, He was not taking something that did not belong to Him. It belonged to Him. He, that's who He was. That's who He is. That's who He always will be. So says the Holy Spirit in Philippians chapter number 2. So, God the Father says, He's God. The Holy Spirit says, He's God. Let's see what, let's see what He Himself said. What did Jesus say? Come to John chapter 10 and John chapter 14. We'll look at John 10 and John 14. Now, here's a curious thing. I'll wait a moment, give you a chance to find those places. John 10, John 14. If you're visiting with us tonight, we're glad you're here. This is what we like to do. We like to turn to the places in the Bible and learn the Bible. It's, it's too dangerous nowadays to just believe what a man says who's standing in a pulpit. He might be telling the truth, he might not. It's, well, I, you think a man would... Well, you know, it's a lot of... Lot of Remembrance, the 50th anniversary of the Kennedy assassination, but nobody's talking much about the 35th anniversary of the Kool-Aid party at Jonestown. That was 35 years ago this week. That was people who just took a preacher's word for something. You need to check the Bible. Make sure what you believe, make sure what you're being told to believe is what the Word of God says. So, John chapter 10, what did Jesus say? Now, wait, now, wait before we read it. Religious people say, I believe Jesus was a good man, but I don't believe he was God. I believe Jesus was a great teacher, but I don't believe he was God. I believe Jesus was one of the prophets, but I don't believe he was God. Listen, if he just lied, he's not a good man. If what he said wasn't true, he's not a great teacher. You can't, you can't say that Jesus was a good man if he was a liar. And you can't say that Jesus was a great teacher if what he taught wasn't true. So let's see what he said. John chapter 10, verse number 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father which gave them me is greater than all, and no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. Now that's what he said. Now look at the response, lest, lest you mistake and think that, that what Jesus was saying is that I'm... 
you know, I, I, I think like him or I look like him or we're similar in a lot of ways. Here's the response. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of those works do ye stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy. But, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Look, when he said, I and my father are one, the people who heard him knew exactly what he claimed to be. They're going to kill him because they're looking at a man, and that man says he's God. That's what he said. And they consider that blasphemy because there's only one God. Well, that's true. There is only one God. But if he is that one God, it's not blasphemy. And it wasn't. Now, again, you don't have to believe he was God. It's, it's free country. Help yourself. But you can't say he was a good man and then realize... What an egomaniac he was. If he's not God and he claims to be God, he's not a good man. He's either crazy or a deceiver or just so stuck on himself that it's a wonder everybody can stand to be around him. But if he's God, then he can't deny it. He must declare it. And that's who he is. He's God. Now, they didn't object. I guess it didn't really hit him yet. When he said, I give unto them eternal life. How could a mortal man bound for the grave and the corruption that follows the grave give anybody eternal life? Maybe as a healer he could prolong life. Maybe as the great physician he could help you live a little bit longer. But no man could give you everlasting life. But Jesus said, I can give you life that lasts forever. Well, how could you do that? I and my father are one. Oh, let's kill him. Why do they want to kill him? Because he said that he was God. Now, here's where they had it wrong. Look at, look at the 32nd, or 33rd verse. And because that thou being a man makest thyself God. That's, that's the part they had wrong. He didn't make himself God. He was God. He, it was not robbery for him to claim equality with the Father. Look at John 14. John chapter 14. And verse number 1. John 14, 1. Jesus said, Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. See, now, then this is what people in my neighborhood, your neighborhood, this is what they say. Oh, sir, can I give you this to read about Jesus Christ? Oh, I believe in God. Jesus said, if you believe in God, believe also in me. I'll show you why. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also, and whither I go, ye know, and the way ye know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. 
Now, now, now stop. A man says, I believe in God. A woman says, I believe in God. Jesus said, that's wonderful. Because if you don't believe in God, you'll never get to heaven. But if you believe in God and don't believe in me, you'll never get to heaven. Because I, Jesus said, I am the way to the Father. You can't come to the Father unless I escort you into His presence. So in a society where people are saying, well, well, there's, you know, there's many gods, and as long as you believe in a God, and I believe in God, and you believe in God, and we have different names for God, and well, that might all be well and good if you didn't have to die. But when you die, Jesus said, no man cometh unto the Father but by me. See, here's, here's what he did. This is Jesus. This is not me, so don't, you don't, don't get angry with me. Jesus took out a big magic marker and walked up to your coexist sign and put X's through every single one of them and said, It's me. I'm the only way to the Father. Now, it, it's nice if all of you agree to not blow each other up down here. Appreciate that. Let's coexist. Let's not burn down temples or pagodas or mosques or churches. Let's not have religious wars and shoot each other. That's great. It's all coexist. That's all well and good until you die. And then you find out that every door to heaven is closed but one. That's what he said. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Well, that's, that's very... So, so somebody had a, they had a sign down there Friday... Somebody had a sign, it said, uh, it said, God is too big for just one religion. No, God is so big, he gets to decide. See, if God's that big, he doesn't wait for you to offer suggestions as to how you think people should get to heaven. He made the heavens and the earth, he made you, he made everybody in the earth, and he said, this is how I've decided you're going to come to me, by my son, Jesus Christ. And you don't, you, don't, you don't have to like that or agree with that, but that's what he said in the Bible. Now, verse number, here, here's what we're getting at tonight, verse 7. If ye had known me, ye should have known my father also, and from henceforth ye know him and have seen him. Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the father and it sufficeth us. Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. How sayest thou then, Show us the Father? Jesus Christ is the invisible God having taken on a visible body so that you could behold God. That's what he said. I believe him. That's what the Father said. I believe him. That's what the Holy Spirit said. I believe them. Now, if Jesus is a great teacher or if he's a prophet, he would not do what modern politically correct, and societally dictated educators are required to do. He would not tell you you were right when you were wrong. 
Right? If he's a great teacher and you say two plus two is five, he wouldn't say, good for you. If you feel like two plus two is five, that's all that matters is how you feel about it. He would say, no, I'm sorry. Let's, let's, let's put, here, here's, here's, now watch, here's two rocks. I'm going to put two rocks down there. One, two, and I'm going to put two more down here. Three, four, now count them. One, two, three, four. Okay, so what's two plus two? Well, that would be four. Thank you, Lord, I had it wrong. I appreciate you correcting me. That's what a good teacher does. A good teacher doesn't promote you socially so you don't feel bad about yourself. A good teacher corrects you when you're wrong. Right? So if Jesus is a great teacher and somebody was, was incorrect, he would correct them. All right, let's go to John chapter 20. John chapter number 20. Verse number 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, Except I see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight, eight days again, his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus. The doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands. And reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. So let me tell you a little something about Jesus that we learned from what we just read. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Jesus Christ is coming again. He sees you in your and they wanted to worship him as a god. And Paul said, No, I'm here to tell you about Jesus. I'm not God. Thomas says, My Lord and my God. Look at the answer. Verse 29. Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. He addresses him as God, and Jesus says, yeah, that's who you're looking at. He allowed it. He accepted it. In front of a room full of witnesses, because Thomas had it right. Thomas was beholding his God manifest in the flesh. Praise the Lord. All right, now, what does the scripture say? 1 Timothy, let's go there. 1 Timothy, chapter number 1. Book of 1 Timothy, chapter number 1. Three more stops to make this evening. Then we'll sing praise unto this God. 1 Timothy, chapter 1. Verse number 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God our Savior, and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Okay, verse 1, the commandment of God our Savior, and the Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Keep your finger right there, slip over just a few pages to Titus. Titus chapter number 2. Verse number 13. 
looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Titus chapter 3, verse number 4. But after that, the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared. Not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost, which He shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ our Savior. Now what does the Scripture say? God, God our Savior, Jesus Christ our Savior. God our Savior, Jesus Christ our Savior. The blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God. God the Father is invisible. 1 Timothy 1.17 He's a spirit, John 4.24 Jesus Christ is the Savior God made visible. That's who he is. Now, 1 Timothy 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. And then we'll go to our last uh, stop for the evening. 1 Timothy chapter 3. Verse number 16. And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh. The modern, the modern Bibles have altered that verse. They say something along these lines. It is a great mystery. He was manifest in the flesh. That's not a great mystery. Every one of us is manifest in the flesh. But if God is manifest in the flesh, here's what he said. He said, there's no controversy that's controversial. He said, I won't argue with you. People are going to argue about this. Let me try and help you out. Man is made in the image of God. Right? We've covered this. God the Father, God the Word, or Son, God the Holy Spirit. These three are one. Man is made in the image of God, a spirit, a soul, and a body. Correct? Alright. Right now, I am looking at your body. You are responding to what I am saying with your mind. I can't see your mind and yet I'm almost certain that most of you have one. You wouldn't say, I don't, have, I don't have thoughts because I can't see them. You wouldn't say, I don't have feelings because I can't see them. There is certainly something that is you that is not a physical body. Would you agree with that? Is it, is it not true? Do we not believe as Christians? That when a brother or sister in Christ dies, that when we come to that funeral home and look at the body lying in that casket, do we not all understand that that man is not laying there? That woman is not lying there. there, there that is the house the physical dwelling in which their soul and spirit did reside, but now they are absent from that body. If they were saved, we say according to Scripture, they are present with the Lord. We're going to bury the body. We're not burying the person. The person has eternal life. We all understand there is a physical manifestation of a man. 
And there is the man within the physical manifestation. Why is it so hard to understand or to believe that God, who is a spirit, could take up residence in a body of flesh just as you reside in a body of flesh? That's what the scripture says. Now, it's a great mystery that God would do that. But that a spirit should animate a body of flesh, that's not a great mystery. We all are spirits animating bodies of flesh. It's just a mysterious thing that God would do that. And yet, had he not done so, how could he be the Savior? To save sinners, sin has to be paid for. The wages of sin is death. A soul does not die. A spirit does not die. So in order for Jesus Christ, the Son of God, to die for our sins, He had to be made flesh. It's not a great mystery that God took upon Himself a body of flesh. The great mystery is that He would do it. Why would God do that for us? That's the mystery. All right, 1 John chapter 5. Not the gospel this time, but the epistle. 1 John chapter number 5. First John chapter 5, and watch how clear it becomes if we just take the scripture for what it says. 1 John chapter 5, verse 20. And we know that the Son of God has come. And hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true. And we are in him that is true. Even in his son, Jesus Christ. Okay, stop. We're talking about his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. What's the true God? Jesus Christ. What is eternal life? It's Jesus Christ. If you have Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. And if you don't have Jesus Christ, you don't have eternal life, even if you believe there is a God. Because that God has identified himself to you as Jesus Christ. So when a man says, I believe in God, but I reject Jesus Christ... That is what Hebrews 12 calls the contradiction of sinners against himself. Jesus Christ is God. Declared so by the Father, declared so by himself, declared so by the Holy Spirit, declared so by the Scriptures, declared so by those that knew him. And when those that knew him made that declaration, he did not correct them, he commended them because they had it right. So he is... Well, Isaiah 9, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Praise the Lord. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for the Bible. When When we see how great thou art and we consider the wonder of your love toward us, that you would become man so that we might be saved and dwell forever in heaven with you. We're amazed. We thank you. We praise your holy name. And fathers, we take the time now to sing our praises unto you, our Savior. We ask that you'd receive them, be blessed by them. 
bring joy to your heart as it does to ours to sing unto the Lord Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, Brother Dan, come ahead. Musicians are coming.